Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Success Hackers Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, number seven. Scott Hansen here, and it is a great day to be alive. My fellow entrepreneurs, At Success Hackers, it is all about empowering you to play big, to start 10xing your mindset and your business. Today, our featured guest is Hank Osselhoff. Hank, are you ready to rock? Let's do it. Awesome, awesome. So most of you have heard of e-cigs, vapors, or vaporizers, and probably have seen a vape shop or two pop up in your neighborhood, especially as of late. Well, guess what? Our guest today is the Chief Marketing Officer of Vapor for Life. Hank is the architect behind the brand and product line of Wow Vapor that is just launching into national retail and building out mass distribution in the Midwest. We are going to have some fun today with Hank. Hank Osselhoff, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you. Scott, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. You have a really incredible story. I shared just a little bit about you and your background with Hacker Nation, but would love for you to share more about yourself and a little bit about Vapor for Life. Yeah, sure. Well, out of school, I moved to India and I worked on American Indian Joint Ventures. I got back. I got hired by a Swiss engineering firm and did a lot of market and business development, but learned how to develop products and technology. And then uh, I did a startup called Freebie, and then I moved away from that and started consulting a little bit with a guy named Ian Miller, who was the first CEO of Ogilvy & Mather, and he said, mate, he's Australian, said, why don't you come be a consultant with me? And our first project we walked into was Vapor for Life. Uh, we put together a 100-day execution plan, and the owners came to me and they said, Hank, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of the company, and the rest is history. As the CMO of Vapor for Life, I know that you'd agree, uh, especially in your world, that targeting the proper audience in any business really is the key to success. So with Vapor for Life, are you targeting smokers who are trying to quit, or are you more targeting audiences that are currently smokers and really simply want to introduce them to a new way of getting sort of their fix and away from smoking tobacco? No, 100%. Um, Our whole focus is uh, smokers. We are made for smokers, by smokers. Uh, This business was founded by a a five-pack-a-day smoker named Steve Milan, who pretty much gave himself every smoking-related illness possible. And uh, his wife was a healthcare provider. She actually ran Northwestern University Hospital in the smoking cessation department. She says the only patient that she ever failed on was her husband. (laughs) So, you know, it got bad. And so he needed to find uh, something, and he tried the patch, he tried the gum. He finally stumbled across this technology, and the entrepreneur he is, he he started innovating on it. And then he found something that worked for him, and now uh, him and Melanie are trying to take this technology and bring it to the mass market, and that's why I got involved. You share with me some numbers that were staggering. Individuals that were smokers that were trying to break free from smoking and trying to break free 
from the habit some numbers, percentages of people that have success on the patch versus people that are having success with the vapor world? Right. Well, first and foremost, you know, the smoking market is about 40 million consumers in the United States uh, and about $100 billion in revenue, $700 billion worldwide. So, you know, this, this market is absolutely crazy. But the 40 million consumers, the smokers, 40% of them each year try to quit. And some of the alternatives are the patch and the gum, but many of those have a 3 to 7% success rate. There are studies out right now that are saying that vaping, especially products that can deliver satisfaction to the smoker with a throat hit and the nicotine level to ease that craving, have up to 40 to 65% success rate for someone trying to quit smoking. I've always said I've been blessed to never have put a cigarette in my mouth. I never even tried it, and I'm glad because I know that a lot of my friends that ultimately did try that one time are still doing it and are having a heck of a time trying to get off it. I would imagine being the chief marketing officer in an industry like you're in, it has to be a feel-good type of a business because you know that each and every day you go to work, you're actually trying to help a lot of people get off of a product that has maybe consumed their life and taken over their life for such a long period of time. You know, we're, we're really excited about it because this is one of the last antiquated markets that need to be disrupted in America. And, you know, big tobacco uh, hasn't really had much competition in the past uh, a couple centuries here. So, you know, uh, these chemical cocktails are, you know, pretty much killing people. And we need to kind of figure out how we serve the consumer better. Uh, the mob had a monopoly on taxis, and then Uber disrupted uh, that antiquated industry in a big way. I think we're already seeing some backlash with big tobacco trying to shape public perception to see if, if this technology is harmful or not harmful. But the reality is that's 99.9% less harmful than a tobacco cigarette. So it's just basically big tobacco not trying to cannibalize their combustible cigarette sales by introducing a new technology that can disrupt their, their profit margins. It's so interesting because I was doing a little homework for this interview and I went on your website and I mean, who knew all the different types of flavors and the different holders and the different brands and the different styles I think a lot of people don't realize exactly what vapor is and how it works. Do you mind just taking us through how you actually use the product? Sure, absolutely. We've actually created an integrated solution with the Wild Vapor V-Kit, but we know that that's not the only step. So we actually have three stages that, that we talk about for a smoker. When a smoker is standing in that convenience store line, they have to make a choice. They have to say, I'm, I'm not going to smoke today. So we need to provide a product that replaces the hit, and that's a disposable vape. It's a low-cost product that gives a premium experience, and no one will ever quit with it. And that's where you, you saw technologies like Blue and Enjoy come out, but they under-deliver consumer satisfaction. Stage two is that we have to replace the habit. And that's where the Wild Vapor V-Kit is. It's a combination between advanced technology, which is an automatic 5-volt uh, battery, and plus proprietary formula that's made for a smoker to deliver a throat hit and chest hit that replicates smoking. And those tobacco flavors then are an alternative for a combustible cigarette. Stage three is that we have to replace the taste. And that's when you talk about flavors like peppermint and cinnamon and coffee and watermelon. And then once the smoker's taste buds come back, they never go back to cigarettes again. And it's also an appetite suppressant. 
So when people quit smoking, you hear about these crazy stories of people blowing up and all this stuff, and they're replacing their habit with food. So now here's an alternative that um, is an appetite suppressant and that um, essentially never allows them to go back to cigarettes. Thanks for sharing that. I, I didn't really know what it all entailed. So I really want you to talk about your passion. I'm more passionate about finding creative solutions that work. And that's, that's, that's where I've been successful from product development to business development to market development to human development. Um, you know, I'm definitely not an operator. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a brand builder and creator uh, of something that can be scalable. You know, I actually learned this from uh, one of the angel investors that, uh, you know, backed us. He said, there are three phases to a business. Uh, one is function. When a business first starts out, you got to figure out your function. How does it all work? How do people come in and out? What is the right model for you to go to market? And that's number two. Number two is go to market. And that means you have to get things structured in a way. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a ball of clay during the function phase. And then you got to mold it into the initial statue of David. And then you got to polish it up in the third phase, which is scale. So where do a lot of companies that you've seen, Hank, where do they fall or what do they fail? So most startups, especially in their seed rounds, they're all in function, right? When they raise their Series A, they move to go to market, right? They're trying to get growth capital. And then three is that's when the scale happens and the operators come in. You get the big buyouts for the founders and um, that's when acquisitions and that sort of thing happen. Failing in business is really simply part of the success equation. I think you'd agree. Totally. Take us back to a time in your career, your business, when you failed, but you failed forward and took that failure and used it as fuel to your success fire. You know, I fail every day, you know, and hmm. I think failure is the best tool for learning. And uh, I ultimately think that, you know, uh, failing fast to avoid the big failure, and the big failure is giving up. So for most entrepreneurs, you know what I've seen successful is the drive. Right? Is that every day we're going to fail? Every day an issue is going to come up. You know we're going to be you know to our last you know ten thousand dollars and our burn rates at twenty, and we have you know three you know college kids working for us that we need to make payroll. We are going to figure out a creative solution to make that happen. So there's not a specific example, but I would say the wherewithal, the knowledge of understanding that you're going to fail every day and applying that to something you know, that keeps you driven to overcome it. So uh, a lot of little failures and uh, a lot of little uh, enhancements to overcome them. Fail fast. I love that. Hank is talking about failing every single day. I want to take that just one step further because someone listening might be like, well, I can't fail because if I fail, that means as a business owner, I'm losing my business. But what you're saying is different. Can you take us down that path for a second? Absolutely. So, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. You know, we're going to lose clients. We're not going to have the right product line for the stage of our business to get the big account. So I guess when I say, you know, fail fast, it's learn from those, right? Learn from all the things that you weren't prepared for because there's no way to be prepared for them. But having the, the drive to saying, hey, listen, I know exactly what I need to do now for the next time uh, to make that successful. Fantastic. I love it. So we have a segment on the show called the light bulb moment or the aha moment, which basically is that time in your life when something just clicked. Maybe you got woken out of bed at two in the morning or maybe it was during the day or maybe it was when you were working out and you said to yourself, I'm really good at this 
and I can turn this passion into my dream and I can make the dream a reality by turning this into an actual business. Anything else that you would like to share about your aha or light bulb moment in your career? Well, I would say that I have a series of little moments like that, and I try to be as introspective as possible. So I I think the first one was um, in India, you know, I had a uh, competition with all these MBAs and we're working on, you know, the Barty Walmart uh, joint venture. And when I got there, I was by far the youngest and, you know, by far the least experienced. But within, you know, some time, I became the leader of the group and we actually won the competition and all this sort of stuff. And then we donated the money back to the university. You know, that was the time to where when I got there, it was a new country. I had no idea what I was doing. And then, you know, just through settling down, figuring out, you know, how to make it work, I was really successful. And I remember calling my parents, you know, just thinking, wow, I I can't believe I I got to this point. And then I think that when I got back and uh, I was getting in the car and moving to Chicago for the first time, I said, Mom, I'm kind of scared. And she says, "Um, Hank, if you work hard and you're kind of people, success will follow. So that's something that's always stuck in with me. You know, I, I have a balcony that has a, a view of the city, and I, I go out there and I, I, you know, I write a lot too. And uh, there's a lot of moments to where you know I think about what, what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong, how can we move forward. You know, those aha moments uh, kind of help propel me for the next steps. I love that you're taking your success strategies and your success advice, Hank, from your mom. <laughs> well, she she's a unique lady, man. She uh she deals with kids with brain tumors. She's mm. a she's an oncologist and uh she's a very special lady. Someone to definitely be taking advice from, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Hacker Nation, I hope you caught what Hank just said because it was really a light bulb aha success strategy which was besides listening to his mom, which, you know, all our moms are special, right? Besides that, he goes on his balcony, he does a lot of writing, and he does a lot of thinking, and he says, how can we do it better? I always say to myself, what can I do today so that I'm better today than I was yesterday? And I love the fact that you get introspective, that you think about what just happened. You reflect on the day so that you're prepared for the following day. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great stuff. The premise of Success Hackers is to not only empower current or would-be entrepreneurs, but also to share certain shortcuts, or we call hacks, on how they might be able to get to their success quicker. Being the marketing extraordinaire aficionado and someone who likes to create and build, can you share one hack or one strategy with Hacker Nation around marketing, around building, around creative, and what all business owners should absolutely be doing? If I can start with self-optimization, I think Tim Ferriss does this great, is how do I optimize myself, my brain, my body, my time, um, and, and what works for me? You know, I know that I need to drink tea more than coffee, right? I know I need to sleep eight hours instead of six hours. There are just, I think, certain life hacks that you have to get yourself prepared for because no matter what, here comes the work and you have to free up the time and you need to free up the mind share. So first and foremost, my hack is to self-optimize. And then I would say, I imagine everybody out there as an entrepreneur is a whiteboarder. I love the whiteboard. I think the whiteboard is where ideas become concepts. And then the second phase, I would say, for the hack is to take those concepts from that whiteboard and be able to present them to anyone. 
So what I mean by that is how do you take your great ideas from a whiteboard and put it into a concept? And I use Keynote uh, as a tool. Um, it's the PowerPoint version of iOS. The reason I do that is because I can communicate it to anybody graphically, visually, written, and we actually take all of our ideas from a whiteboard and we put it into a business plan. It, that would be my little success hack is that take your ideas from a whiteboard, get them down on paper, and make sure that they're in a format that you can explain it to anybody because that becomes a business plan for the future. You have to be self-optimized, which basically means you have to fine-tune your body, your mind, your Ferrari, I call it, <laughs> so that you're optimized at a high level every single day. Absolutely, especially as a, as a marketer. You know, you have to be creative. You have to be diligent. You have to be, I think it's a mixture between uh, art and science. So, you know, the, your brain power is by far your strongest tool. So optimizing yourself to, you know, get to a level to where you can be as productive as possible, I think, is, is the ultimate success hack. I would love for you to share just one more sort of self-optimized way that you go about your day. You know that you have to get maybe eight hours versus six of sleep. You also realize that drinking tea is important versus drinking more coffee. As an aside, I need to do the same as well. <laughs> I need to keep telling myself to do that. And sure enough, when I do it, I feel so much better. I just don't know why I keep drinking more coffee, but that's a whole nother time, another conversation. What's one more thing? If someone's listening and saying, I get it, I need to get more sleep, maybe I need to drink more tea, is there something else that gets you in a peak state of mind that you can share with our listeners? You know, when I have something I have to, you know, uh, hack on or drill down into, you know what, I, I unplug from the internet, put on Spotify and put some classical music on, and I just get in the zone. And I try to go to a place that, uh, in college, it was the 24-hour SAP lab in the back of the, in back of the library that no one ever knew where I was under a stack of books. Now it's, you know, at the East Bank study hall room over, over, mm -hmm. over across the way. So... You know, it's just finding a space that you feel comfortable and you feel isolated and that you can unplug from anyone and just focus. And I think that that's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur sometimes is that, you know, there's so much going on and you have so much responsibility and it's very difficult just to focus on one task specifically. If you can take a couple hours each day, each week, depending on what your schedule allows and unplug and just focus on you know, the things that you think can drive your uh, business and yourself uh, forward, I think, is, is really important. And uh, it's been successful for me. Unplug and listen to classical music. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. Fantastic. All right, Hank, you have shared a ton of success hacks and strategies with our listeners. We are going to shift gears and we are going to enter what's now called the randomness round. Are you ready for the randomness round, Hank? Yes, sir. Okay, so now the randomness round, it is all about when I ask you a question, you just blurt out whatever first comes to mind. Best advice you've ever received? Uh, I got to go back to my mom. You know, work hard, be kind to people, and success will follow. Just that simple. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout your day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Uh, steam room. I, uh, I hit the steam room and uh, it just helps me clear my thoughts. You now own a time machine, Hank. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing what you know today about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Drink less and save more money. 
<laughs> awesome. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Creativity. Um, I think uh, just looking at the world in a different view uh, sometimes allows uh, you to find solutions that most don't see. Last question of the randomness round, Hank. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Uh, well, this is a, a rare one that comes to mind is that uh, uh, we go out in the city and for some reason I have a talent for talking to the doorman to get all my friends in. My, I have a nickname <laughs> called the doorman whisperer. So, you know, somehow, some way I'm able to talk to the bouncers and no lines, no fees and my whole crew gets in. So that's, that's a hidden talent I guess uh, I'm most proud of here. Did you call it the door whisper my friends call it the doorman whisper you know <laughs> awesome. this has been incredible thank you so much hank for your time and also sharing these awesome success strategies with hacker nation so where can our listeners find out more about you and your business i'm on twitter at hank made h-a-n-k-m-a-d-e um, so look forward to connecting with people hacker nation make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Hank, along with other really cool resources that we have on the site. Also, don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. You can do this by going to successhackers.net, clicking on the iTunes tab, and then clicking subscribe to the show on the iTunes page. By doing this, you will actually help us grow and impact more people from all over the world. You can also follow me and the show on Twitter at ScottHanson1210, at ScottHanson1210. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.